Hello, book lovers, and welcome to Rather Be Reading. You're Alyssa. And you're Persephone. Join us as we talk about our most recent reads and all things bookish. Here is the next chapter. Book update? Um, not a book update, but... <gasps> life um, update? No, not a life update either. Okay, well, kind of, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's a life update. Okay. Um, so, and continuing on a thread. I think we've talked about this every episode. Hardstopper? Yes! <laughs> Um, Did you finish it? Yes, we finished it. Oh my gosh. I It's only one season. I didn't know there was only one season and I'm so upset about I know, it. I know. It's saddening. But it, the next season comes out in August, I think. Does it? Yeah. I haven't even So looked. not too terribly far away. We were so obsessed. We are so bummed that we don't have it to watch anymore. Yes. It's, it's so one good. of those ones where as soon as it ends, you want to just start yes, over. Yes. Yeah. Honestly. Rusty's like, how do we fill the void now after this? <laughs> Nick is too pure. Oh my god, my heart. Too pure for words. Like yes. his communication skills, just who he is as a person. I'm like, I am obsessed. So obsessed. <gasps> so obsessed. It's so there's a certain facial expression that the actor makes too that's like a very like it's hard to describe, but I feel like it's a very genuine, yeah. like sincere like worry face. Yeah. That I'm like, oh god. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anyway, excellent recommendation Aww. for the what? How, however many times we've mentioned it, go watch it <laughs> if you so haven't. Good. It's totally worth it. So and good. Do you have any other recommendations <laughs> that we can fill our void with? Oh, are you gonna read the books? Might yes. Yeah. Might are they? They're, they're good. They're pretty good. I haven't really read any. It's a graphic novel, right? Uh huh. I've never really read a graphic novel. Ever. Ever. Well, I've read a, I read one in high school, but it was for school purposes. Mm-hmm. And it was about, like, a bomb going off somewhere. So not... That's awful. Yeah. Based on real events. Mm-hmm. So I've never read, like, an enjoyable graphic novel. Jesus. Should this be my dive into graphic novels? Um, yes. Okay. And I have others, too. Okay. Excellent. There's one called um, The Prince and the Dressmaker. Cute. It's fucking adorable. Nice. It's so good. Nice. It's so good. Okay, do you have Heartstopper? I do. First? I have the first borrow one. borrow it? Of course you can. Yeah, so good. I read, like, the second one in, like, 20 minutes. Nice. <laughs> it's just excellent. so cute. Excellent, excellent. And I think that the first, because I think there are only four books out, and I think that the first season mm-hmm. is all of those four books together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So then what's the second season? I know. That's what I'm worried about. Ooh. I don't they're know. They're going off script. They're going off script. <laughs> <laughs> we trust them. <laughs> The second book ends kind of around the same time where um, Nick, like, beats up his friend for being an absolute dickhead. Yeah. Rusty and I go to bookstores, like, regularly just to, like, look and be around books. Mm. But every time we've been there in the last couple weeks, I've Uh gone and flipped through Heartstopper, the book, like, the physical. (sighs) And he's like, stop, you're going to get spoilers. And I'm like, I don't care. But now that I know there's no spoilers. There are no spoilers. Now that I've watched the show. Okay. Yeah, cool. You'll flip and you'll know exactly where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, on the Heartstopper vein, and I keep forgetting to say this, I bought at Target, they had a Heartstopper coloring book. Oh, excellent. And it's Love. just enriching my life left oh, and right. Oh, I bet. So soothing. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> it's just them snuggling or them Aww. being shy and cute. Yeah. Ugh. That's the only update I think I have in my life. Beautiful. I <laughs> yeah, love that. Right? That's like a great one. It's perfect. Ugh. Can't complain. Ugh. I started making these 
miniature books. I saw your post oh. on Instagram. Oh, so thank cute. Thank you. What are you doing with them? Um, so I've seen like people put them on miniature bookshelves cute. just to like capture all yeah. that they've read in a year. Yeah. Oh, Adorable. cute. Yeah. I've also seen people put them in jars. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Which is also so cute. Um, but then also I feel like I've seen people put them in a jar throughout the year mm-hmm. and then during Christmas time when they decorate like for a bookmas, they like <laughs> turn them all into little ornaments. Oh cute. And put them on like a mini treat. That's adorable. And I'm like, that's so fucking that's cute. That's really cute. Yeah. So, yeah. Love that. Are you first this week? Or am I first? I think I'm first. Yeah. I think you went first I'm last so time. I'm excited. Okay. So this week, I Ooh. read a novella. I read Untethered Sky by Fonda Lee. Oh. Um, this is the book that I just went to the, her author event for. It just released um, recently. It's beautiful. And yeah, I know. It's a really cool cover. Um, it's uh, The cover is like a, a woman on like a chariot with this big hawk looking thing above her which we'll get into what that means so i was really really excited to read this because as you know fonda lee is one of my favorite authors mm-hmm. yes. untethered sky follows esther she is a young woman when this starts who of course as most fantasy characters do has a tragic past <laughs> um When she was younger, she was put in charge of watching her younger brother for the day and complicated history with her younger brother. He was, he's kind of like a, a tough child, um, you know, cries a lot. Um, so she has like a complicated relationship with him, but she was put in charge, in charge by her mom of watching him for the day. And she's trying to, she has something that she wants to do, but he's wanting to do something else. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's gets frustrated and is kind of just like, whatever, well, I'm going this way. And then, you know, here's something go on behind her, uh, turns around, and there is this monstrous beast called a manticore. Ooh. Um, Which I didn't really know what a manticore was before reading this. Do you know what a manticore is? Okay, I think I do, and I'm embarrassed as to why I know this. Okay, well. I could be wrong. Go. Okay. Um, Is it the lion scorpion? No. Oh, thank God. Okay. Well, there's a description in here. Yeah, so a manticore. It's a lion-y type thing. Um, I'm actually going to read the description that was from the book because it was not what I was, like, I don't know what I was picturing in my head whenever I thought of manticores because I've heard of manticores before, but it wasn't this. And then when I Googled it, like, there's some depictions that are like this. There are some that are slightly different. Okay. When she saw the manticore, it Mm -hmm. says... It was crouched like an enormous cat, elbows and hip bones jutting sharply out from its stocky frame. The quill-like hairs of its mottled pelt raised like a forest of needles. Its ape-like head was bent low, and I stared into its demonic face. Malevolent, mismatched eyes, slitted nostrils, a short grinning muzzle filled with two rows of dagger teeth. The spiked, mace-like tip of its tail whipped back and forth lazily in in an arch over its body. That is fucking terrifying. Yeah, so it's this creepy creature. So I'm not sure what the true manticore kind of looks like, but this is what it looks like in this book. Um, so she turns around. The manticore has her brother in its jaws. Brother's dead. Brother's dead. Um, and manticores are drawn by people's screams. Um, and they're murderous beasts. Horrific, just will kill, 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 like go on a killing spree. So she freezes, the manticore staring at her. Mom comes out of the house, 
which is, you know, nearby, uh, close enough that it can see, comes out of the house, sees this going on, screams, Manticore turns, goes, kills everyone in the household. Oh my god. Um, our, our main character, Esther, goes and hides in a well until her father gets home. Uh, father gets home, everyone, everyone's dead besides her. He pulls her out of the well, and she describes how there's kind of an unspoken question in his eyes why was it you that survived basically like oh. what happened here um oh. so there's a it's a rocky relationship between esther and her Jeez. father kind of they never really talk about it uh, right. and so she carries a lot of guilt a lot of rage against these mm-hmm. manticores and thus comes her biggest kind of purpose in life like she wants to kill manticores that leads her to this um kind of program this place called the king's royal muse mm-hmm. i didn't know what a muse a mew mew muse I didn't know what it was, (laughs) but it's basically like a group of stables with rooms kind of attached to it, Uh um, usually around like a, a, like a work area or a yard. Mm -hmm. And so in this stable, it's not like horses or farm animals. It's creatures called rocks. And so rocks are R-O-C-S, rocks. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Rocks are these big hawk-like creatures and they're the natural predator of manticores Mm. um and so in this world that's kind of tormented by these horrific creatures manticores rocks and their trainers which are called ruckers i think that's how you pronounce it yeah rocks and ruckers um are kind of the defense against manticores so she goes to the king's royal muse and is accepted kind of as an apprentice Mm. and is paired with a rock rocks are i mean they're they can kill manticores, so they're these kind of fearsome creatures. They're they're brutal, they're mm-hmm. violent, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. So being a rucker is a really dangerous job. A, because you're faced with man- like manticores, you're going out to hunt them. And then B, right. because the animals that you're using themselves are kind of dangerous. So right. even just in the training of becoming a rucker, it's you know it's not safe you could die just from from your own bird sure the the king's royal muse themselves is a program it's a government run program so they're kind of funded by the the kingdom mm-hmm. which it doesn't it's a, it's a novella so it doesn't really go into like what the kingdom is that sort of thing but they're funded by the kingdom it's a government run program um that trains both the rocks and their handlers esther is accepted as an apprentice and she um meets her rock whose name is zara mm-hmm. all the all the rocks that they use are female um, because the males are kind of un, uh, unpredictable, not not good for manticore hunting. So they use the females. They're captured when they're young, mm-hmm. about yearlings. And then they're they're not bonded, but they're linked with a, a rucker, you know, one, one bird to one rucker. Uh-huh. And they train together. Esther's linked with Zara. And the minute she lays eyes on her, she's obsessed. She's in mm-hmm. love. She's like, this is the most beautiful creature I've ever seen. True obsession that is not really returned. The birds are, I mean, they're birds of prey. They're not right. emotional. They're not, they're there for, like, out of habit, out of their training, right. out of um, desire for easy food, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So it's an interesting dynamic of the kind of obsession of Esther versus the kind of indifference of mm-hmm. Zara, her bird. The ruckers and their rocks are called by the government to go and if they have a sighting of a manticore okay we're gonna send this rock and rucker out to go and take care of it so basically most of the book follows esther and zara as they're training together mm-hmm. and what that kind of entails does and, esther grow on zara that's part of kind of what this story the is journey. about yes Ooh. so the way that kind of they, they work together mm-hmm. is there is 
a horse-drawn kind of chariot, which um, the rocker will stand upon, and then linked onto the back is the kind of perch for the the bird. Mm -hmm. And the birds are hooded and kind of blindfolded um, as they travel, and then their hoods are taken off when it's time for them to take flight and go make their kill. And as they're training, they'll kill wolves, wild animals, that sort of thing, and then eventually manticores. We see Esther um, kind of training with her bird, and then they do eventually build up to killing manticores as they're kind of training. Mm-hmm. And as I said, manticores are drawn to screaming, so that's kind of how, like the benefit for the rock of working with a rucker is mm-hmm. because the rucker will kind of scout out, find the kill for them, draw them out, you know, whether that be screaming, making a lot of noise, that sort of thing. And then as the manticore is chasing the rucker, the rock will come down and make its kill. So it's kind of an interesting look at captivity and yeah. um, the relationship there between uh, the rock and the rucker because the rocks are kept against their will, but it is kind of like a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. Um, it talks a little bit about how, you know, they're all female birds that are kept and how they have to be mindful of not going around any of the like where there might be wild male birds because Mm. you know especially when the birds are young and haven't quite developed that um dependency on the rucker they might go off and be tempted into like a wildlife but i also really liked in this book it talks a lot about kind of the nitty-gritty of like animal work like there's stall mucking like the birds are pooping everywhere (laughs) like it's it's really kind of nitty-gritty yeah um and then there is kind of that nervous energy uh when they go out like especially in the beginning, I'm letting this bird, I'm taking off this bird's hood and it's going, like it's not in in the stalls anymore. Like, will it come back to me? Um, Will it listen to me? Because they're they're wild animals at heart and they have signals, you know, like they whistle for it to come back to their thing. And so it's kind Mm -hmm. of as as you're letting this bird go, there's a lot of, will it come back to me? And, And Esther's so obsessed. She has this like driving passion for doing this and she's just terrified of losing her bird yeah um and then so naturally along the way there's also friendships made because it is like kind of like a school ish like a training program Mm -hmm. and so esther's two closest friends are darius and he has a rock named minu and then uh nazmin whose rock is called azar and um mostly uh, Esther's relationship was with Darius. They're very close. Um, mm-hmm. And they they go out on trainings together. But it's really important to note that when they go out on trainings, yes, they have both of their setups and both of their birds there. But only one bird's let go at a time because they're kind oh. of territorial. They, they don't really work well as a team. It's kind of like a one bird thing. I see. Uh, you always go out in pairs because mm-hmm. you're hunting manticores. If something happens, having someone else there who can go and get help or, or then sure. release their bird and help is really important as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how the hunt works and that sort of thing. And all of this training that's put in, it kind of comes to a head when the prince takes interest in um, Nazmin and her bird and they kind of rise to fame within mm-hmm. this world. And he, after taking interest in this profession, decides, you know, we're going to have a huge hunt where we pair the all of the ruckers and their rocks mm-hmm. with the military and they're gonna go on this hunt and we're gonna we're gonna eradicate manticores that's what we're gonna do we're gonna make them we're gonna make them disappear to yep um let's just do this we have all these rocks and ruckers why aren't we using them more proactively uh-huh. and oh, no. yeah so the ruckers are pretty unhappy about this mm-hmm. a because rocks are solo creatures and they're you know easily distractible so having the military there being loud like will right. will these birds be able to focus on what they're doing be 
there's again they're solo creatures so having other rocks nearby like it's going to be kind of like a tough back and forth um like communication is going to be key um so they're pretty hesitant but they're also kind of excited for like okay we're out there we're going to kill manacores like and all the glory that's going to come with that Mm -hmm. um and basically it's not up to the ruckers anyway the the government's decided this is what they're going to do the program's owned by the government that's what's happening right so from here on out this is kind of the big spoilers for the book um so if you are not wanting spoilers for untethered sky this is a good place to uh fast forward (laughs) um They set out on this big hunt with the military. Um, Esther and Darius are traveling with one company. Uh, it's basically two two ruckers per company, as two is kind of the norm for um, rucker work. Mm-hmm. So they're with a company, mm-hmm. and of course a manticore spotted. Mm-hmm. And so Darius sends up um, his bird, Minu, who's kind of like an older bird, mm-hmm. um, more experienced, that sort of thing. And... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that happens here. I'm going to kind of cut it brief, but basically Minu's going after this manticore, goes down, kind of grabs it, mm-hmm. and then in comes a bird from a nearby company that also had their bird up looking for a manticore that no. they did not know was nearby. Mm. And this bird gets territorial yeah. and attacks Minu. Mm. And um, Darius runs in to try and help because Minu's got the manticore. There's this other bird attacking mm-hmm. Minu, as Minu's attacked, she lets go of the manticore. The manticore bites her um, and then runs off. Um, Darius gets injured as he's trying to help. Um, Pan out. Um, Darius wakes up from kind of his medically induced coma, basically. And um, Esther has to tell him Minu didn't make it. The manticore poison has killed her. Um, And Darius is devastated heartbroken like that's the rocks are the ruckers life so he is just done for he doesn't want to live anymore he's like i there's nothing worth living for this is this is i don't want to be here like i stop healing me whatever basically and esther's trying to kind of bring him out of that even though she she's she actually knows she's like this is kind of selfish of me if the if this was reversed and it was zara who had died i wouldn't want to live either and i would hate whoever was trying to bring me out of this um and then you learn that the bird that attacked Minu was Nazmin, her other friend, and her bird as uh, Azar. Oh my god. And so that causes some tension and drama in and of itself. Um, right. Nazmin ends up taking her bird out into the mountains and releasing it because mm. it's attacked another bird. So she's devastated from losing her bird as well. They're still out in the outskirts of the country where they were trying to kill all the manticores. So she's trying to bring him out, Darius out of this. Darius is like, I just don't care anymore, whatever. And eventually the seasons are turning and Esther has to be like, I I have to go home. Uh, If I'm going to make this journey back home, I need to leave now before winter comes. Right. So she tries to bring Darius with her. He says, no, I'm not going. I'm done. You know? Mm. And she's forced to kind of, okay, I have to get my bird back home to safety. So she takes off on her own to head back home. Mm-hmm. On her journey back home, mm-hmm. she encounters this town who, as she's pulling in, is like, they sent you, they sent you, like, thank you for being here so fast. And she's kind of mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Uh-huh. She finds out that the manticore, mm-hmm. the injured manticore from the what mm-hmm. just happened, has been terrorizing this mm-hmm. town. 
And she, despite being alone, not having another mm-hmm. um, another team member there with her, she's like, I have to take this thing out. You know, um, I just don't care. I'm, I'm taking this out. It killed Minu. It's ruined my friend. It's ruined all of my friends. Like, right. this, I, ha- I have to do this. So she takes off from this town in the direction that the townspeople said the manticore went. And eventually she finds it. She comes across it. And she's just consumed with this passion, this need to kill this manticore, however reckless it may be. So she mm-hmm. she is acting reckless. She's um, driving her horses fast, screaming, trying to get this manticore to come after her. And it does start coming after her. But in her recklessness, her chariot flips. Oh, shit. And lands on top of her. Um, Zara, she's already let Zara up. So Zara's not on the chariot uh-huh. um so she's pinned under this chariot oh shit. legs broken um both i uh maybe i okay severely injured i don't remember okay. exactly how many legs may have been <laughs> broken but she's injured as this manticore is kind of coming after her mm. and she remains totally calm she's like i trust zara she's going to get this manticore she's she's a fearsome huntress this is fine Manticore basically gets right upon her and Zara swoops in, kills the Manticore and is eating it and all is well. But Esther's still trapped under the chariot. There's no one around. She doesn't know if anyone from the town is going to come looking for her. The days kind of start to pass. Zara's still hanging out there around her, you know, kind of eating the remains of the Manticore as she will. And that's when, when a wild rock, a wild male rock comes swooping in from the mountains and Esther's sitting there trapped, just like, will this bird stay with me? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Is there an attachment between me and this bird? Does this bird have any feelings towards me? Is it going to fall, like fall to temptation and leave with this wild bird? Yeah. And so it's kind of like a will she, won't she moment where Esther's just waiting. Yeah. Waiting to see what's going to happen, uh, terrified of the possibility of Zara leaving. And... Um, Esther's heart ends up being broken when Zara leaves. Zara takes off with this wild bird, flies off, and Esther in that moment is just heartbroken. She's trapped under this chariot. Yeah. Her bird that is her life, her passion, just left her. Uh. So she is eventually found by Darius. Darius roused himself and ended up going out looking for her. Heard from the townspeople as he was traveling back home that she had went out. So Darius founds her. Darius finds her and brings her back home and they're both kind of healing together both both devastated by the loss of their birds and it's kind of this interesting dynamic where Darius has lost his bird from by the death of the bird um Mm. Nazmin has lost her bird by like a forced release and Esther has lost her bird by the choice of the bird Mm -hmm. and so it's an interesting look at Captivity, obsession, mm-hmm. uh, love and loss, and the idea of like losing something that was never really yours to begin with, that right. never really had any feeling or caring towards you despite what you felt towards it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of heartbreaking in the end. Um, and yeah. I wasn't really expecting it. I was expecting like, oh, this bird's gonna stay with her. It, it's probably like we're gonna find out that there is love and connection between these the rocks and their ruckers um and it didn't happen so it was kind of this it was it was satisfying but it was also unsatisfying at the end in that it didn't go the way you wanted it to go Mm -hmm. and so i gave this book a four out of five um i actually wanted it to be longer because i think there were so many 
interesting dynamics that weren't explored. Because it's only 140 pages, maybe? I was going to say, it's such a rich story. Yeah, it's got a lot going on, so I wish there, wish there was more. And that's probably one of my only complaints. The rest of it I really, really loved. But what I thought was really interesting, so after I finished this book, I was reading the uh, Fondalee's kind of description at the end. Uh-huh. She had gone to Ireland um, before writing this book, and her inspiration came from a hawk walk she did in Ireland where they kind of talk about the birds, their training, um, their instincts, that sort of thing. Prior to reading this, like about a, a couple months ago, my friend Sam, who you met, mm-hmm. she had gone to Ireland and did this hawk walk. Oh, cool. So even before reading this book, I had heard her talk about this hawk walk that she had done what? and how cool it was a truly amazing experience for her. She was like, she was obsessed. She was like, this, this was really, really cool. You know, she was talking about, cause they got to like have the hawks fly and land on their arms and then yeah. take off. And there was one point where the, the bird like didn't come back it was in the grass and the the trainer was trying to get it to come back lure it back and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing and the bird was just like "Mm, no not right now so it was really interesting having heard her talk about this experience and the impact it had on her and and then to see some of that reflected in the book like these birds are not they're not going to obey you if they don't feel like it like that sort of thing it was really cool um and so i texted her right afterwards i was like look and she's like oh i gotta read it now and so it was it was it was fun and cool and seeing that inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So that was a little bit shorter this week for my end. I love novella, that. But it was cool. Yeah. It sounds amazing. I really liked the book. Yeah. And um, I got it signed by the author. And I was going to ask. Yeah. Her, just her little. Inscription? Inscription. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it was fly high and kill monsters. So oh. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh my god, that sounds like the perfect like tattoo. Yeah, it does. That's little so shoulder good. tat or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. so amazing. Yeah, so I really liked the book. It was um, <sighs> short, really quick. I read it in one day. Really quick, easy read, fun. That's um, awesome. But still gets your emotions going and. Mm. Yeah, I cried a little bit when yeah. Minnie died. It was just such a sad little description mm-hmm. of this poor bird. Yeah. You know, she, you know, there's this scene where she's the other hawk comes in and kind of tears out her eyes, and she's like, like Minnie looked around and confused, like just confusion. And I'm like, no, this poor older bird, just like what the fuck is going on? That's so sad. It was very sad. And then that it was a the friend's bird who did it i was just oh my god it got me yeah that good. would have got me too. yeah that's so sad i know animal deaths always get me more oh than people god. deaths I know. <laughs> not the animals so sad. there's have you heard of the website like does the dog die yes yeah <laughs> uh, bless whoever did that because yes. <laughs> truly really yes. necessary bless them and their children and their children's yeah, children exactly generations <laughs> to come yes. bless them all <laughs> may they all have happy healthy dogs yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, your turn, okay. you're up, lady. Alrighty. So I so I don't have my physical copy because I lent it to my friend. Okay. She and I were originally gonna read them together, like mm-hmm. a buddy read mm-hmm. situation. But for the first time ever, I finished before she did. Oh. So <laughs> so she has it. But I was going to read it. So when determining what I wanted to read, it was either gonna be one book or another like I was choosing between two and so I did what I always do where I end up reading the first sentence of each 
and whichever one is more compelling to me in that moment, that's the one <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, it's a great decision. <laughs> great decision making. And I felt like the first sentence in this one was fabulous. Okay. So Do you have the first sentence? I do. Yes. So I chose to read A Marvelous Light by Freya Marsky. Okay. She's so adorable. She kind of looks like Felicia Day, and she's just amazing. <laughs> Excellent. <But laughs> the first sentence is, Reginald Gatling's doom found him beneath an oak tree on the last Sunday of a fast-fading summer. Oh my god, I love that. How could you not? That's excellent. Isn't what that a great... What do they call it? The catcher? The ca- the, uh, the hook? The hook, yeah. yeah. What a great hook. I'm hooked. Yeah. Love it. So good. So I was like, alright, well... This is it. This is it. That's what I'm reading. Yeah. No competition. <laughs> yeah. The book starts with Reggie's death under this oak tree in a fast-fading summer Mm -hmm. there are other people around him performing this kind of like magic but you don't really know yet much about the magic system and how it's working but it just describes kind of the pain that he's experiencing Mm -hmm. from whatever they're doing he dies it's pretty quick and then they switch perspectives okay to robin it's his first day on the job. He's about to punch someone in the face. Oh. <laughs> he just hates it. He's super, I feel that. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's like an office desk job oh. too, so he's like, ugh, god. Yep. He is just meeting one of his coworkers, colleagues, Miss Morrissey, and he's trying to kind of find, find his footing in this new position. Um, but things are kind of a mess. He hates it. He was just given the job to fill in this position that was vacant. Okay. And then Edwin walks in, mm-hmm. super grouchy. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Morrissey kind of serves as like a secretary assistant type, um, doing a lot of like the administrative tasks in the office. Edwin and Robin kind of have this very tense relationship from the get-go. Edwin walks in and he's like, who are you? Like, what are you doing here? And Robin, you find out, is filling Reggie's position because Reggie's been missing for weeks. Yeah. And so they sent Robin in because he comes from a family of wealth and was kind of just given this job Uh, and just kind of plopped right in the middle (laughs) of it. So he's like, I'm here because I was... I'm filling this vacant position. And he's like, well... Is it permanent or temporary? But I imagine temporary. Until they find... Until they find Reggie. What happened to Reggie. So he's kind of just substituting. Okay. Yeah. So then Edwin is kind of talking to Miss Morrissey about, like, why is this happening? You know, how are we going to go forward? da 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 And starts writing notes, but uses his magic. So the pen that's kind of on the other end of the table like rises up on its own without being touched or handled Mm -hmm. and starts writing on the paper okay and robin has never seen magic in his life Uh and didn't even know it was like a thing (laughs) is looking at it and is like what the fuck fuck? (laughs) he's like y'all are you seeing this yeah (laughs) who's pulling this string yeah yeah and Edwin's like, magic, bro, like, catch up. And <laughs> get with it. Get with it. And so Robin's like, show me something else. I want to see, like, I didn't know magic was a yeah. thing. 
And so then Edwin does this magic trick. Um, magic trick. He performs this magical <laughs> spell where he kind of crafts a snowflake. Ooh. He kind of builds this like misty, foggy, wintry little blizzard ball mm-hmm. to create this like really beautiful snowflake. Nice. And Robin's just like totally captivated. Yeah. Like, wow, that's so beautiful. Of course. Like, that's gorgeous. And Edwin's kind of like. I think his feathers get a little puffed. Like, he's like... Yes. He liked my snowflake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they part ways for the night. Edwin goes to talk to Reggie's family because he had been missing for, I think, probably, like, a week at that point. Like, it was still fresh, but the position needed to be filled. Right. And so he goes to talk to Reggie's sisters to ask if they know where Reggie is. Mm -hmm. And Robin goes home, but on his way home... He runs into this group of people, like three-ish people, who have cast a spell to hide their identity. So their faces, it's like a face, but completely blurred. Ooh. So it's, it just looks like a wash. That's interesting. So creepy. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah. So they pull him into an alley. They beat him oh. up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a casual yeah, yeah. alley. Yeah, happens all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And they beat him up, and they're like, we want the contract. Give us this contract. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Fucking contract. (laughs) (laughs) And then they place a curse on his arm. Oh. (laughs) Is it like his magic arm? Do they? No, okay. Because Robin has, he's no magical ability. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so. Not Edwin, Robin. Yeah, I know. I kind of mixed them up. (laughs) (laughs) And so he just describes a searing pain in his arm. He's like, what is happening? They like have his arm. Um, Poor kid just gets introduced to magic and is already pulled away by these (laughs) faceless creatures. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, oh my God, it feels like my arm's on fire. They leave. They're like, you have like short amount of time to find this contract like get us this contract or else and then they leave he's like that was weird and then (laughs) what the fuck yeah whoa looks down and there's these like patterns on his arm i think they describe them as like rune patterns um so it looks kind of like a tattoo but it's kind of like a living tattoo in the sense that it keeps kind of spreading as the curse develops Mm -hmm. and he's like ouch but weird but (laughs) all right so then edwin ends up going back to the office robin ends up going back to the office um and it is the office of special domestic affairs and complaints nice robin again was just kind of plopped there so it's such a vague name that I think that's probably why he was like, I, he even says, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know who I'm supposed <laughs> to report to. I don't even want to be here. Yeah. Um, so he goes already mad about it because he's like, I don't even want this job. Yeah. And now he has this curse and what the fuck's the contract? Yeah. He's having a bad time. Yeah. Shitty day. <laughs> so then he goes back in the next morning with Miss Morrissey and Edwin. And the office has been completely ransacked. Mm. Like, Completely. It's all, everything's upside down. It's a mess. And at first I was like, oh, I bet this is just going to be a secret. Like, he's going to keep the curse hidden. Mm-hmm. Like, but he tells them fresh out of the <laughs> he's game. He's like, you guys, this has got to be related. <laughs> yeah. This has got to be related. <laughs> he's like, all y'all and your magic, like, look at this yeah. shit. It's on my arm now. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And Edwin. 
Quinn's like, oh, shit. Like, what is this? <laughs> so then I think because of what happened to Reggie and Edwin and Reggie were really good friends. I think he feels compelled to kind of help this new replacement, okay. Reggie. Yeah. Robin. So yeah. he takes Robin um, to go talk to one of, you find out, one of Edwin's ex-lovers. Ooh. Mm, to see if he has any theories as to what the curse is and if his ex has seen that same kind of pattern before. They go... It's a no. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, dude, I don't know what the word is. He's like, no idea. And so Edwin's like, fucking fine. (laughs) Takes Robin. He's like, we're going to go to this house. It's in the country. We're going to talk to some people who probably know what's going on. So they ride in this carriage together. Um, Actually, I think it's a car. Okay, I was going to say, like, what? Because I'm like, office setting, like, what time Mm -hmm. is it? What time frame is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be the mid-1800s. So I think it's like the Edwardian era. Okay. They (laughs) (laughs) arrive in this car, they get out, and Robin sees a woman up kind of in the window of this house, Aiming her bow and arrow right at them. Nice. Great greeting. I know. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so he shoves Edwin out of the way. Ends up getting kind of nicked in his leg with this arrow. Mm -hmm. Come to find out, it's Edwin's sister. She shot Robin with this, like, almost like a Cupid's arrow. It has this little spell, like, attached to it that, like, makes him all loopy and, like, oh, this is so pretty. Like, (laughs) I just love it here. Drugs. Yeah, drugs. (laughs) All the drugs. (laughs) Go ask Alice part two. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just, like, laying there, like, wow, this is all so lovely. (laughs) And Edwin's, like, talking to his sister. He's like, what the fuck? Like, what? Why? Can you stop shooting at our guests? Jesus. Calm down. (laughs) So you find out that this huge estate that Edwin is just dreading bringing Robin to is actually his family's estate. Okay. Um, He is extraordinarily well off. Mm. It's where his sister, his sister's husband, and a bunch of their friends live. Or at least their friends are visiting for the season. His mom and dad both live there as well. His dad's kind of a dick and, like, definitely has, like, favorites okay because Edwin has his sister who's right right above him in the kind of the line and then his eldest brother okay and his mom is super sweet super kind she has I think rheumatosis okay rheumatosis rheumatology rheumatic rheumatic dude I don't know I'm a nurse I don't know she has it she's got it and so like she experiences a lot of pain and she has rheumatic arthritis yeah (laughs) and it's like all it was like rheumatic fever I don't know know. (laughs) medical 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 (laughs) and so she has some good days some bad days but it's not getting better um so she is a lot of times like in a wheelchair or is just kind of like sitting and resting we kind of meet some of um some of Edwin's sister, I think her name's like Beth. Beth, okay. Or that maybe that's Robin's sister. I forgot all their names. <laughs> that's okay. It happens all the time. Okay, I'm gonna do my best. Okay. I had to write down all the names in this book because I was like, who are the side characters? No idea. I know. Okay, here on out. It's all improv. 
all right, you got this. Keeping it loosey goosey, yep. keeping it fresh. <laughs> they go down for dinner. Um, wait, wait, do we do we find out why he sh- why the sister shot them was trying to shoot him with an arrow? Well, kind of. Um, so she and her friends, she her husband, their friends, are just utter shitbags. Okay, and so they like to kind of mess with people who don't have magic. magic. Got it. So they'll just rich elites. I get it. Yes, get their jollies at the expense of everyone else. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's so true. Yeah. In this, yes, that is how it goes. <laughs> so they have a hell of a time, just like playing and messing with people who don't have the, their same abilities, and then to kind of quote rectify the situation they will give them this tea that has like it's like lengthy minty mm-hmm. and it like kind of erases the memory oh, okay. of whoever drinks it so okay. they'll kind of use these humans non-magical as humans. playthings and then just, yeah okay forget about it yeah that is edwin's plan when they get there to figure out what's happening to robin to cure oh. the curse and then just to wipe his oh. memory because it's kind of a liability Got to it have this human that's like magic okay. like so humans aren't supposed to like uh, people who are not magic are not supposed to know about magic i think that there are just really strict rules about the misuse of magic like if it's at a human's expense okay then i think there would be like severe repercussions yeah Got it. yeah that could really kind of Effect. shift the power dynamic yeah. and so uh, edwin's asking everyone if they know how to resolve this curse at first he doesn't tell them but he's spending a lot of time in that family library um and spending a lot of time trying to kind of gather tidbits of information um he doesn't really want to tell them at first that robin is cursed (laughs) (laughs) by the way (laughs) yeah he spends a lot of his time in the library you find out at dinner that edwin is the least magically inclined mm. out of all of them. Mm. So he maybe has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He does because his eldest brother is the favorite mm-hmm. and he has the strongest magic in the family. And then his sister is kind of more that devious trickster and mm-hmm. she isn't the strongest in terms of the severity of like her magic, but she's strong enough to do what she wants and get away with it. Okay. Edwin has always been the youngest kind of like the runt of the family the black sheep of the family that's kind of why he's more on the office administrative side okay. but robin thought his snowflake was beautiful <laughs> so and he's like i like this guy yeah he doesn't want to admit it because he's such yeah. a grouch yeah but it's the first time that anyone's ever really appreciated something Aww. that he did did okay yeah Aww. yeah <laughs> so he tries in secret to figure out what's wrong with robin meanwhile Robin's curse is kind of starting to grow up his arm and he's starting to get these weird visions of different places and things and doesn't know why Um, but it's really painful um, whenever they happen and he can kind of tell that they're gonna happen and then we'll like black out in a moment Mm. one of the mornings when they're like in the library Robin comes in and is looking through the different books like in the shelves Edwin's just like nose deep in all these different books trying to figure out what it is and just can't figure it out and Robin pulls out one of the books that 
I think an, either another book kind of falls out of it, like a little pamphlet-y, okay. novella-y, or he just kind of picks one that's like unsuspecting. I forget how he stumbles across it, but they're in the library and he finds this like, it's like a super like erotic male. Ooh. Yeah, like like male kind of, you know, little suggestive. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, it's like a... I don't know how to describe it, but basically they both find out through that experience because he's like, "Oh, I've read this before." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so they both find out through that experience that they both are like intimate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And so then it kind of shifts the dynamic a little yeah. tiny bit. Like you're like secluded in a library together. Yeah. Like- and they're like, oh, okay. you like, I like, oh. we like, oh, Ooh. good to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but Edwin is very protective and very guarded and just is really determined to not get close to Robin. Okay. And so he's trying not to think about it, but it's really cute. Were he and Reggie involved or just close friends? That does come up. Okay. Robin asks, and they were just friends. Okay. They were really good friends. Um, Reggie didn't have the same preferences and so yeah they were just really close and Edwin felt responsible I think in a way for his ultimate demise right they don't know that Reggie has died at this point though not officially okay yeah yeah they're trying to figure it out meanwhile Edwin's sister and her group are like playing all these games and like doing all these things and they end up playing this game that I thought was kind of a fun scene honestly where they go out on the lake two of the group of like eight end up casting these little spells in different parts of the lake and so they have these I think they must be like little floaties or something and you're either like one of them is either like the trophy like hello you won like you got it first and others are all kind of these like tricks or spoofs or whatever it wasn't the trophy like you didn't get it keep looking after they kind of plot out the map of the lake with these different kind of tricks and stuff they drink the mint tea themselves to forget where they put them oh yeah so then they can all they all get in their boats yeah and play this game that's to try to find the trophy first that is cool yeah and so then edwin and robin play too they share they initially have two separate boats, but then they end up sharing. Robin ends up going overboard. Oh, poor Robin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and where he was at, the kind of spoofy part of it, that part was enchanted to bring all of the creatures of the lake to that one specific area. So there are all these birds like flying around, like all these ducks and geese and swans and whatever, like all around him. And all these fish are like slithering around his legs and stuff. Like that part is just like enchanted with that specific spell. But you find out that somebody in the group also laid another enchantment on top of that area Uh called Dead Man's Legs. (gasps) Oh no. Where it feels like your legs go to complete oh, like, no. lead. Perfect for when you're in the water. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and you're being bombarded with feathers yeah. and, and fish. Fish. Yeah. And so Robin like starts to drown. Oh. And so Edwin's like, somebody help him, like help yeah. him. And so he ends up diving in and saving him and pulling him out. Uh-huh. But he's like, somebody had to have done that. Like yeah. this 
this could have killed him. Right. This was more deliberate than just happenstance. Right. And just, like, the light fun of, like, a game. Right. So he's all mad about it. And then later Robin ends up having this vision of kind of, like, a garden. He goes and describes what he sees um, to Edwin they realize that what he's seen is this, like, huge estate of Reggie's great aunt. Mm. So they drive together to her place, um, and when they're there, they have to pull over on, like, the long driveway because there's been this ward-type enchantment that's been placed to protect other to protect the owner of the estate from, like, other magicians okay. and people um, of magic. Yeah. They end up getting through the barrier. I think they just have to, like, take it slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they approach the front door. Okay. One of the guards is like, you can't come in. Like, she's busy. No. Go Ooh. away. Yeah. Ooh. You can enjoy outside. They have, like, a really famous kind of, like, gardeny area yeah. that a lot of people will come to to kind of tour. Yeah. And so he's like, no, like, we were friends of, or I was a friend of Reginald, like, let us in, like, we need to see her. Okay. They let them in, they go up to talk to her, and she's really unhelpful, but... Excellent. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. <laughs> but she does say a couple of things to Edwin, and you can kind of tell that, like, she feels for Edwin, like, okay. she really likes him she senses that he is the least magical but he does have the biggest heart she has compassion for yeah him. i think yeah, she okay. just has compassion and so she kind of gives this hint that reggie took a piece of the contract we learned that oh, she tells this story the plot thickens. yeah da, da, da. we find out there are three pieces to this contract okay. a key a coin and like some other artifact okay and together those three components are like the physical manifestation of this contract contract. okay yeah and you find out that the contract is this agreement between these ancestors of magic there were three families that agreed to share the disbursement of like magic and agreed to have shared power okay each of these pieces were kind of symbols from each of the families that they were putting into this contract and there's like a physical manifestation of it yeah and so each of these elements together create this agreement that they are going to share the power that they're sharing the magic that it's not going to be limited to one line, one historical family okay. line. And so is she then a part of that contract then? Is that how she knows? Yeah, so she's one of the descendants in the family. Okay. So from one of the lines. Okay. So Reggie also was one of the lines, and you find out that he had a piece of it. Got it. And she has a piece of it. Oh, okay. But you don't know, like, where they are now, okay. basically. We know that we want these physical manifestations, but we don't know why. At this point in time, we don't know what the end result is of having all these pieces. We know that the families agreed to share power, but we don't know what What that means. Yeah, and and why people are after these pieces. 
So they end up going into the labyrinth outside. It's like this hedge maze, but it's charmed as well. They get shoved by this person running by into the hedge maze. Oh, no. And it ends up being this like mad chase with one of the people with the blurry face. Oh. Yeah, and they run through and the plants Why are they there? Alive. They're like, they're on to us. They know what yeah. we're after. They yeah. don't want us to be after it okay we know that we're on the right track basically right they eventually get out of this this hedge maze because edwin ends up making like a pledge to the land and to the property saying like i'll be like bound or bonded to like this land like i will serve this land or whatever so something of that effect and it opens up a gap for them to sneak out again nice that ends up being a thing okay they go back up to like talk to reggie's aunt and when they go up she's dead (gasps) no Mm -hmm. she's been killed fuck yeah they describe her face as being like like, she's, like, defiantly, like, I'm not giving you what you want. Okay. And that's kind of her expression. Good for her. Yeah. Damn, though, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all happened so fast. Yeah. <laughs> right? Edwin is thinking about the things that she had said and kind of what she had alluded to or hinted at and stands in front of this kind of mirror um, that's in her bedroom and it all of a sudden sees him and opens for him and realizes that in her will she established that her entire estate would go to I think family or whoever was kind of like a person of the land okay and because Edwin had just made this bond had just made this bond he's like I've just inherited this massive estate nice in the last like 10 minutes nice like what is happening nice yeah that family yeah the house has a personality of its own and it protects him in a way but he ends up going into this secret room. He has to stand before this mirror and it opens up this secret room where she has all her secret books and journals and diaries nice. and things. Yeah. I want one. I, I know. want a room like that. So good. <laughs> so good. And so they... House goals. <laughs> House goals. <laughs> so they end up going back to Edwin's estate, his family's estate. He doesn't tell them just yet that he's inherited this massive, massive piece of land. Yeah. Robin's sister comes looking for him. So then she stays there for a while. He finds out that Edwin was planning on using this mint tea on them to clear their memory he finds out because edwin's sister has kind of been messing with robin's sister a little bit Mm. and was just gonna give her this tea and robin's like what's this tea do like what is this and then edwin's like well it erases like the memory of you know what the person who's consumed it Yeah. yeah and he's like what like were you gonna do that to me and he's like well originally i was and he's like are you serious? Don't you all fucking touch my sister? Like, yeah. really protective big brother. Yeah. Their parents yeah. had died, and so he was re- kind of responsible for her. And also, Edwin and Robin at this point have kind of, like, had Kindled a Kindled a little bit of a romance. Yeah. Okay. They had kind of some sexy scenes. Nice. Ooh, <laughs> and so he's like, everything that's, like, happened between us, like, you were just going to erase my memory and, like, not give me a choice. Mm-hmm. So it becomes far more personal. Um, Do we know at what point Edwin had been like, okay, I'm not going to 
like in his mind like this has moved past where I want to or yeah in that moment he tries to kind of explain it off like as like well I was but I was I like changed my mind and da 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 but it doesn't help Robin's still just learning this information and is pissed Edwin's defenses finally kind of go down when they first like have a little sexy moment Mm -hmm. um he's like Ugh, okay, fine. Like, I'm gonna let my guard down. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So then things just kind of happen. Okay. And then they go back to London because Robin finds this out. He's mad. Um, he and his sister leave. He comes back one more time and is like, Edwin, like, tell me that you want to be with me. Like, tell me to stay and I'll stay. I know. He's really, honestly, I feel like Robin is like Nick from Heartstopper. Yeah. (laughs) He's just so sweet is super like fiercely protective of his sister and his loved ones but he's like give me a reason to stay and i'll stay like i want to be with you i love you like edwin just says nothing in that moment yeah and so robin's like come on get it together (laughs) yeah and so robin's like i want you to tell me to stay and you say nothing like you're saying everything by saying nothing yeah so sad yeah so they all go back to london and then find out that in Reggie's family, like in his sister's house that Edwin had first visited, there was this clock that he was really drawn to and was realizing that Reggie's piece of the contract has been disguised and is in the house, oh. which is why when he was murdered, that nothing really came of it Got in it. terms of, you know, his piece of the contract. Okay. They didn't get it, which is why they came to Robin being like, give us this contract yeah um because reggie didn't have anything got it they found out there's this ring in the clock of reggie's sisters um that is his piece of the contract but they found out reggie had taken that line of the family their piece of the contract and split it into two so he had the coin that was his physical manifestation and he had melted it down and split it into two rings one of the rings was in the clock Mm -hmm. and then the other ring actually was given to miss morrissey oh the secretary of the office like in the office morrissey magical too or no i don't think she has magical yeah i think she has like a working like a practical type magic um her sister is far more um magically inclined and so you find out that these two rings together are that section of the contract okay yeah okay so it's a whole thing you find out that in Edwin's sister's group of friends, there's this guy. Um, I'm like forgetting all their names. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. there's this guy, there's, there's this a sister, guy, there's this there's aunt. A, yeah. But Miss Morrissey's sister, they go to visit her because she like works in magic and has kind of a working knowledge of this contract. Um, and she also has the ability to like look up certain people's like magical histories. Um, and they go to her and they're like, can you look at the history of one of Edwin's sister's friend. <laughs> I'm like the worst. <laughs> so they find out that one of Edwin's sister's friends okay. was engaged to Miss Morrissey's sister. Okay. Who's now like happily married, doing yeah. her thing, super badass, yeah. whatever. Then when Edwin is going to get this clock, because Robin is 
with kind of Miss Morrissey and her sister. Edwin is going to get this clock. They're not talking because they're still, like, Robin's kind of mad. Edwin's kind of terrified. It's all, <laughs> you know. Edwin ends up getting put out mm. um, at this clock shop where they had that's where they the sisters had taken it because okay. it was broken yeah it was broken because this piece of the contract was in it mm-hmm. um edwin ends up getting kidnapped mm-hmm. wakes up by the faceless people yes okay wakes up it's his sister's friend that's in the room with him oh no yeah so he is part of this group of people part of the faceless crowd so they were kind of under the same roof this whole time. Whoever gets all the pieces of the contract together and has ownership and possession of these pieces has basic like control and rulership over magic. Oh wow. Okay, so intense. Like, yeah. That's a big boon. Yeah. Whoever has all those pieces, I wouldn't take all the magic from people, but you would be able to channel all the magic from like all the magicians and use it through yourself wow so for someone like edwin and like his sister's friend who has kidnapped him that aren't strong like magicians it would really impact their ability to perform magic right Anyways, moral of the story is, Robin, Miss <laughs> Morrissey, and her sister, they all come save the day, save Edwin, Robin and Edwin kind of like make up, Re- reunite, rekindle mm-hmm. their marvelous light, um, <laughs> and then they go back to Edwin's like newfound estate, Yeah. yes, and they're staying there kind of in safety. They have, because they still have that warding enchantment around their property, Um, you find out that Edwin's brother, the eldest, the favorite, is actually, like, the ringleader. Damn! Of these groups of faceless hooligans. And then Edwin, because the house is kind of now bonded to him, and he's bonded to it, it captures Walter, his eldest brother, um, and traps him, mm. and Edwin kind of forces him into this blood oath that he won't hurt Robin or his sister or any of them, nice. that he won't set foot on the property. Yeah. And Robin agrees to, because the curse has been lifted, but Robin agrees to, you find out that his visions aren't actually the product of the curse. Okay. You think it is because they occur around the same time, but it's actually his own magical ability that he didn't know he had. It's like the being able to see little visions into the future. So he can influence them in a sense. The visions or the the future? The visions. Okay. So he can kind of influence what he sees and kind of channel, like, what he wants to see. Okay. So it's definitely going to take some, like, fine-tuning. But he agrees to work in the office continuously and to report to Edwin's brother, the murderous heathen, and tell him what he sees in his visions as part of their arrangement. And, um... Walter's piece is to keep make sure that they're safe, that he doesn't like 
come back to the property yeah. that he never hurts them yeah. and if he does then part of the contract is that he'll die so since since walter the brother is kind of the ringleader of this group does this mean that that group is kind of disbanded from their mission of trying to get all the contract pieces you don't really find out. Okay. Walter does this whole vague, like, something's coming, like, situation. Mm. But you don't really know. And you know that he is also working for someone, but you don't know who yet. Is this part of a series? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think there are three books out right now. Nice. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So this is the first one. Yeah. And the other friend died in the process of getting saved um, by um, Robin. And Edwin kind of, like blows him up accidentally oh oh shit yeah so he he kind of ends up channeling like his own power of sorts Uh um so he's stronger than we than he initially thought yeah and so that's kind of the agreement they come to the consensus robin and edwin kind of end up together so that's kind of how it ends okay stumbled that was rough i'm so sorry no that was excellent <laughs> I'm just gonna like slash no that was excellent <laughs> so yeah, yeah. my overall thoughts i rated it like a 4.25 okay ish okay it was a smidge of a slow start for me like it's hard though with this first sentence like that like yeah it kind of drew me in yeah um and i really liked it i liked the dynamic between robin and edwin um i liked kind of discovering that Edwin had the least amount of magic yeah. and definitely relied more on his intelligence um, and his, um, yeah, just kind of his overall brilliance yeah. to compensate. Yeah. It, it just really added kind of a lot of nuance to his character mm-hmm. that I really appreciated. Um, and also, I felt like his guardedness was really... Um, it felt really like appropriate for his character especially after seeing just the severity of how much his older siblings like bully him and berate him yeah they sound like dickheads they suck yeah they (laughs) just fucking suck talk Um, about horrible family dynamic yeah gross like just (laughs) awful yeah i really liked like Honestly, Robin and Edwin's scenes together, mm-hmm. like their sexy, spicy yeah. scenes, I thought were just really beautifully done. Aww. It was really fun because, and this is like so intimate, but <laughs> Edwin is so shy and like so reserved and again, just really relies on his smarts to kind of get by and to survive. But then seeing him and Robin in those scenes, like, he definitely takes charge. Ooh. Yeah, and is more kind of, like, a dominant. Yeah. And so it was kind of fun to see that juxtaposition yeah. in his character as well. Yeah. Being someone who is so brilliant is, like, I know anatomy. I know bodies. Yeah. I got oh, this. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was very, like, it was a, it really created kind of this fullness to his character. Nice. Is it told in first person or third person? Third person. Okay. Is there like a is like Robin or is one of them the main characters or does it kind of focus on both? Like how? I would. Oh, I think there's an argument for either of them being okay. the main character. Okay. I want to say that it's more Edwin than Robin because okay. Edwin goes through more of an arc. Mm-hmm. Robin is like he goes through his own arc. 
But I think Edwin's is more prominent. In his character development. Yeah. Robin kind of stays the same person. Yeah. 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 And he finds out that he has these magical abilities, but it's not as dramatic as Edwin kind of starting at the bottom and then kind of channeling this magic from his newly inherited estate. Yeah. Like, and also channeling this, like, power to kill um, their, like, a friend <laughs> kind of accidentally friend. yeah <laughs> so you find out that there's more to him as well i think in that sense it made the whole because i know that we've talked about it not being really believable like the one who's like the weakest is now the yeah. strongest yeah. and i think that it made it a little bit more believable nice. since he was channeling that magic from the house right and also has just kind of stood up for himself a little bit more yeah. with his siblings yeah um i want comes into his own a little bit more yeah you know yeah. yeah that's a really good way to put it yeah he comes into his own because i wanted him to just like like yell and argue and really stand up for himself in the presence of his sister and her friends um and he never really did in a way that was like satisfying and um so that was i was like waiting for it yeah i'm like come on yeah but it was definitely more in character for him to just remove himself from the situation protect his estate yeah and then kind of channel this power from another source and so, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I was reading some of the one-star reviews because yes. I think they're so funny. Yep. Um, and one girl was like, I would have had more fun hitting my head against a wall. Oh, <laughs> brutal. And, um, and then a lot of people were comparing it to Harry Potter. Okay. Like, they were saying that it was, like, really bad fan fiction of, like, Professor Lupin and Sirius Black. Really? I know. Weird, right? That seems like a weird, like, what... Yes. What gives... What... what? Yeah. Because they're just, like, friends, or... I don't know if it's just too... I, I have no idea, really. Interesting. But I... I have no idea. But, yeah. So, I saw that, actually, a few times, where people were comparing it to Harry Potter, okay. and I didn't get that impression. The only way I could relate from your storytelling is, like, okay, there's the magic world and then the not magic world, but, yeah. like, that seems like a pretty common thing. Yeah. Like, way that magic works. You know? Like, there's right. the people who are in, and there's the people who are not. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too. And I, I agree. I think the only, like, kind of comparable piece is those with magic, those without. Yeah. And kind of the power that comes from that. But even then, I mean, I feel like with Harry Potter, like... There is kind of a varying level of power, I guess, but a lot of it can be learned and like yeah. a lot of it can be like honed in. Yeah. Whereas with magic in this series, it sounds like you have it or you don't. Yeah. But you're born with certain levels and certain abilities and like your strength as a magician isn't going to change by having like more knowledge by, by learning more yeah or going to school or like anything like that yeah. yeah like kind of what you have is what you have got it and obviously there are tools but yeah i don't know i didn't really agree and yeah. then one the last one that i thought was really funny was this woman was like i just couldn't get into this book and she's like but be warned 
there are very explicit scenes featuring sex between two men. You're like, excellent. <laughs> and I was like, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love what? That. And I actually thought that, I mean, they were explicit scenes, but I felt like they weren't any more explicit than any other sex scene yeah. in a book. Yeah, right. And like, it describes that, like, I, I like it describes activities that, like, a lot of people maybe aren't familiar with but like not in a way that is more or less explicit than any other sex scene right between a hetero a heterosexual couple yeah yeah there's a double standard there yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and i thought that it was honestly really it really showed a lot of their characters and i thought that those scenes actually really highlighted intimacy yeah in a way that brought a lot to the story i felt i love that yeah i think that it was a really important beautiful side of the story honestly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was hot (laughs) (laughs) which only makes it better (laughs) (laughs) that was that was my super scrappy (laughs) no thank you excellent yeah that was great but um, i had a question what was it oh yeah the sister oh yeah um so as her older brother kind of gets revealed as part of this group and then his downfall and younger brothers kind of rise to power, where does the sister kind of remain? In the muddy middle. Okay. She's still an absolute... Not necessarily like bad or good, but just like... Yeah. We're not really sure kind of where she'll end up and we don't really see her again even after you find out about like her friend being like kind of a shitbag. But um, you don't really see her again. Okay. And another thing that I'm curious to see is about Robin's, or sorry, Edwin's dad. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Edwin's dad has definitely kind of created the kind of the ranking order of his Edwin's siblings and has chosen Walter as his favorite. So part of me is wondering if maybe he's involved. Right. I think That'll be, are you going to read the next ones? I would like to. Yeah. I think I would like to. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely good enough where I, yeah. I You're would, interested in what happens next. Yeah, yeah. It kept me engaged enough. Um, But yeah, it was good. Nice. Solid. Yeah. So. Love. Would you rather. Oh, yes. Okay. Would you rather live in a fantasy world or a sci-fi world? Still working with both of them. And I know there's like a Venn diagram, but if you had to pick one, which would you choose and why? Long pause. Long pause. (sighs) That's tough. I'm so excited. I think, I think I have to go with fantasy world Mm -hmm. just for the magical creatures. Ooh! I think that most fantasy worlds are actually not worlds, like the structure is not something that I would actually thrive in like mm. like usually it's pretty ragged and rough and mm. but okay it depends on which fantasy world but like if it was one with magical creatures and stuff yeah. like that fuck yeah magical oh, fantasy world 100% so good. but I think sci-fi worlds mm-hmm. would be really really cool for like the exploration and like the modern conveniences oh, and technology yeah. and like seeing other planets and that sort of thing would be really fucking cool but Mm -hmm. i just i'm an animal person like seeing the magical creatures i think i gotta go with fantasy fantasy world love that what about you i think also fantasy yeah i think it's hard you're right though because with the technological advancements and conveniences part of me is like oh that would make life easier but i think that there's this simplicity 
and of lifestyle yes, yeah. that comes with the fantasy world, right. I guess, as I imagined yeah. it. Um, Unless you're, like, in the middle of a war or something, you know? Yeah, you know, just minor, <laughs> minor things. <Yep. laughs> minor bloodshed. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that it would just be a really, like, you have your cottage. Yeah. You have, like, your books. Yeah. You have your so That's where I think it matters, like, what fantasy world. Because, like, yeah. if you're in, like, the fantasy world of the last book I read, The Grace of Kings, where, like, women are, like lowly tone of poles middle of a war everyone's in poverty right versus like in sci-fi world usually everyone's pretty well off like there's yeah. not usually a huge risk of dying unless you're choosing to go on an event like unless you're choosing sure. to be involved in something right so i mean there's pros and cons pros and cons yes. i could see myself thriving in either but i agree yes. with you i think if if i could if i could choose to go to a fantasy world where i'm like in a cottage with like fairies and little unicorns coming up to my cottage and like making my little teas yeah. being a little, like little witchy vibes you know yes but then it's also hard because I feel like I would end up like Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> and like when Gandalf's like, when did you become so obsessed with your doilies? Like I feel like that would be me just like in love with my doilies. You're like, fuck off, Gandalf. Don't judge. Yeah. Don't judge. So, yeah. yeah. I'd end up like, oh, this might be going a little too deep, but I mean, Radagast, have you seen that, like The Hobbit? I have seen yeah, The yeah. Hobbit. You said you like The Hobbit, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and end up like Radagast with like my little my little forest hat where there's like birds living in it and yes. I'm just kind of little grungy in the forest like <laughs> but at least you've got like the bunnies exactly the little bunny carriage, exactly bunny yeah right <laughs> I'd be yeah. a little wacky doodle a little <laughs> yeah. weird but you know it's the happiest way to be <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh yeah but sci-fi or fantasy yep. we would um rather, rather be, be reading, reading. <laughs> thanks for listening Yay.